Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. The woke madness in history education is off the rails. Well, how do we change it? McClanahanAcademy.com. And because you listen to this podcast, if you use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout, you get 25% off every day, all day, 365 days a year on every class at McClanahanAcademy.com. So go to McClanahanAcademy.com, use coupon code PODCAST at checkout, and get a real history education at 25% off. A voter-approved Oregon law violates the state constitution, and the left is really upset about it. This is a really important issue, and I'll talk about it on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours. Truly, support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll. And of course, if you're on my email list, you get great deals on McClanahan Academy classes. I do have a couple of live classes coming up in January. I've cut twenty, uh, I'm sorry, two hundred dollars off those classes. So if you're on the email list, you get that. The live classes are really awesome. You become one of my students, and they're at a fraction of the cost of a college class. So think about those live classes for January 2024. They're going to be a lot of fun. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the support tab. You can go to Spotify for podcasters or simply use the super thanks button under this video if you're watching on YouTube. You can purchase my logo and all kinds of cool stuff with the shop tab. And of course, my books make great Christmas gifts. We're right at that time of the year looking for those last minute Christmas gifts for the Brian McClanahan Show fan in your life. Pick up that stuff wherever you can online. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Give it a five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can. And comment on YouTube for the algorithm. And send me those show requests. I do want to see what you want to hear. All right. Well, I've talked a lot about federalism and the importance of state constitutions on this podcast and also in my classes. If you've taken my American Constitutions course, you know I go over that. If you've taken the Originalist Papers class, you know I talk a lot about federalism there. These are really important things to address. And I've said before, particularly on hot-button topics, if you really want to protect your rights, you need to be looking at the state constitutions. Every state constitution has a Bill of Rights. Every single one. Now, some are better than others. But why would a state constitution have a Bill of Rights? If all we need is the U.S. Constitution, if all we need is the 14th Amendment, which is now the U.S. Constitution, if that's all we need then why do we need all these separate state constitutions with a Bill of Rights? What would have been the point? You see, all these state constitutions, or most of these state constitutions, were written before the 14th Amendment was supposedly ratified. Many of them were written before the Supreme Court, in fact, really all of them, written before the Supreme Court started using the 14th Amendment as the new constitution. So why would they do this? Why would the states go out of their way to write Bill of Rights? Well, because the Bill of Rights, even with the 14th Amendment, doesn't apply to the state constitutions. The states are your first offense in 
in your rights, whatever those rights may be, right to free speech, right to freedom of religion, etc., etc., right to carry and bear arms, state constitutions. That's it. Now, what often happens, and we see this a lot, a state law will be challenged in federal court based on a 14th Amendment understanding of the Constitution. That's the exact wrong way to do it. I've said this for years. Don't do it. You give the federal government, you give the federal courts ammunition they really don't need and don't deserve and shouldn't have. You challenge state laws in state court. That's where you go. And you challenge it on the Bill of Rights. I've said the states have unlimited powers unless they're prohibited from doing something by their own constitution. Now, about three years ago, there was a discussion about this when it came to things like lockdowns and governor-initiated uh, bans on certain things and mask mandates and all that stuff. Or whether it's governor or your state-initiated uh, forced vaccinations, it doesn't matter. There was a lot of discussion about this. And I said then, all of those things are legal as long as the state constitutions don't prohibit it. Now, a lot of these states used very creative ways to get these things done. Cold War relic legislation for national health crises or state health crises or state emergencies, whatever it was, that's how they did it. Now, you could say that those were legal or not based on the state constitution, but these were state issues, not federal issues. One of the beautiful things about COVID and what it did was actually force people to look at the states. Governor Cuomo in New York was hailed as this great governor because of what he was doing to stand up to Donald Trump. Of course, he was doing all kinds of shady things, but Standing up to Donald Trump. The states are standing up to Trump. And I said at the time, you know, DeSantis even in Florida, uh, keeping Florida open. This was going to open people's eyes about the importance of the states. Now, when it comes to other hot button issues like civil rights, uh, like abortion, like all kinds of things, these are all state issues. This is why when I went over some of the progressives, and what they really want to do with the courts now, they don't want the courts to be able to invalidate federal law because they think they can control that. What they want the federal courts to be able to do is invalidate state law because they don't think they can control that. So, for example, California passes an affirmative action ban and they want the federal courts to get involved and rule it to be unconstitutional. Based on what? Based on, well, the 14th Amendment. Or based on some crazy reading of the... California Constitution, which it doesn't violate because it was an amendment to the California Constitution. Once you amend it, it doesn't violate the Constitution. This is just ridiculous. But that's what they want the federal courts to do, you see. Or a state, before the Dobbs decision, uh, and we had Roe v. Wade on the books, which is, if you've taken my How the Supreme Court Screwed Up America, I go through that case, which was a bad decision. Dobbs reverses that. Now the states can do whatever they want on that particular issue. So, it's, it's amazing how this works, that federalism is back on the docket in 2023. People are paying attention to the states. So, what happened in Oregon was really interesting. Oregon, the voters in Oregon, approve essentially a soft gun control law. And it was taken to state court. And a state court said the law violated the Oregon state constitution and declared it unconstitutional. This is beautiful because it's exactly the way that we should be doing these things. The people didn't take it right to the federal courts. 
They took it to the state court. It's a state law, and it should be heard in state court. This is not a federal issue. Now, the beauty of it is this, and this is why it's important. The advocates of this particular bill really can't appeal to the federal courts at all. They, I mean, under Section 27 of the Judiciary Act, they supposedly could. But how are they going to appeal it? It's a state law in a state court, and a state court has said this state law violates the state constitution. We know the federal government has already been, the Supreme Court has said, well, we have these federal you know, rules on gun control, uh, applying the Bill of Rights to the 14th Amendment to the states. So they really can't go anywhere with this. It's been stuck. They hoped, what they really hoped, was to get a state court to say, yeah, this, this law is a constitutional, and that the they would appeal it to the federal courts, and maybe the federal courts would side uh, with the voter-approved law. So this, this issue is being framed as an attack on democracy. However, let's reverse this. Let's say that this was a, a state law, a voter-approved state law that would ban, say, same-sex marriage. And a state court said, well, that's unconstitutional. It violates the state constitution. Would all of these people say that that's, that's thwarting democracy? Well, of course not. You see, it's only the issue at hand. What they don't like is that a state court struck down a voter-approved law, which was an unconstitutional law. This is what the state courts are supposed to do. So let me go ahead and read this particular uh, article. It's at ABC News about this. And I'm actually going to talk about uh, the Oregon state constitution and how it's very clear on this issue. This is not something that is somehow coming out of left field, for example. The Oregon state constitution is clear. So, uh, this piece is from uh, November 21st, so it's, we're a little behind here. But uh, a voter-approved Oregon gun control law violates the state constitution, a judge ruled Tuesday, continuing to block it from taking effect and casting fresh doubt over the future of the embattled measure. The law, one of the toughest in the nation, was among the first gun restrictions to be passed after a major U.S. Supreme Court ruling last year changed the guidance judges are expected to follow when considering Second Amendment cases. Now see, look at how this is framed when considering Second Amendment cases. This isn't a Second Amendment case. This is an Oregon Constitution case. The judge said, this is a state judge. Uh, this is a state judge, okay, saying this violates the state constitution, not the U.S. Constitution, not the Second Amendment. This is not a Second Amendment issue. But look at how they framed it, considering Second Amendment cases. No, no, no. This is a state issue. It has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. So actually, let me read the Oregon State Constitution. This is Section 27 of Article 1 of the Oregon State Constitution. It says this, The people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state, but the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil power. That's their gun control, or I'm sorry, their, their gun rights amendment. The people shall have the right to, to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state. It doesn't give the state any power to regulate those firearms or to keep them away, to say you can't have certain things. Now, of course, you could think that they could regulate firearms. They do have the right as raising militia to do that and equipping militia and these kind of things. But there's nothing in there that allows them to disarm civilians. And if you are passing certain types of gun control legislation, you are, in effect, disarming the population. 
So they have a right to do this. This is not a Second Amendment issue. This is an Oregon State Constitution issue, which is why this is so important. Again, I'm going to hammer this home. If a state legislature or even a, a referendum, whatever it is, is passed in a state and it violates the state constitution, take it to state court. Stop the madness of incorporation. It's the one thing that we should all be really trying to think about as we move forward. Look at your state constitutions. Get those things updated. Make sure they are airtight in defense of civil liberties because that is your first line of defense. You see, most of the time, it's not a federal law that people are questioning. It's a state law. And what we've done is taken every one of these state laws and nationalized them all. This is the great travesty of the 20th century. Federalism was the key to keeping the Republic, the Federal Republic, together because states could be diverse. States could have different types of rules and regulations, and the people could live in a state that best reflected their political culture. You could do this over and over again, but what we've done, in the name of all kinds of social issues, is destroy that. So this is really important. It's why I want to talk about it today. The decision was handed down by Circuit Court Judge Robert Rascio, the presiding judge in Harney County in rural southeast Oregon. The law requires people to undergo a criminal background check and complete a gun safety training course in order to obtain a permit to buy a firearm. It also bans high-capacity magazines. Measure 114 had been tied up in state and federal court since it was narrowly approved by voters last November. The state trial stemmed from a lawsuit filed by gun owners claiming the law violated the right to bear arms under the Oregon Constitution. Beautiful! I love these gun owners because they filed it the right way. Now, it says that this is also in federal court, which is stupid. It, it's not a federal issue. Now, I guess if they fail in state court, then because we have incorporation on the brain, people could go to federal court. But this is beautiful. These gun owners did the right thing. They filed and said, look, Section 27, Article 1, Section 27 of the Oregon Constitution says this, and you can't do this. You're violating Article 1, Section 27 of the Oregon Constitution in this by banning high-capacity magazines. You're, you're prohibiting me from protecting myself or the defense of the state. You're doing that by passing this legislation. Beautiful way to attack this particular bill or this particular referendum issue. The defendants include such Oregon officials as Democratic Governor Tina Kotek, Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum, and State Police Superintendent Casey Cotting. They can appeal to the Oregon Court of Appeals, and the case could ultimately go to the Oregon Supreme Court. So this is just, I mean, this is beautiful. It's a circuit judge, so they can go to the Court of Appeals, and they can go to the Oregon Supreme Court. So it could go further, but now this is the first ruling. So in the way case law works, you got this one, now you got to appeal, then you got to move up. But this is beautiful. The whole point is to try to block it from going anywhere else. Now, could the Court of Appeals in Oregon side against these people? Certainly. Could, could they overturn it? Certainly. Could the Oregon Supreme Court overturn it? Certainly. And then you have to go, then you would have to look at a federal court if you wanted to go and use incorporation. But this is the way it should be done. This is the way. You go to state court first. Rosenblum plans to appeal the ruling, her office said in an email statement. The Harney County judge judge's ruling is wrong, the statement said. Worse, it needlessly puts Oregonians' life at risk. The state will file an appeal, and we believe we will prevail. 
One of the plaintiff's attorneys, Tyler Smith, welcomed the ruling. We hope the Attorney General's office will realize that the ill-conceived and unconstitutional ballot measure should not be defended, he said in an email. The decision is likely the first opening salvo of multiple rounds of litigation, said Norman Williams, constitutional law professor at Willamette University. Well, I agree with that. There's probably going to be a lot of things that are said about this and done in court, all kinds of things. But this is beautiful. They're doing it the right way. They're going to state court. They're looking at the Oregon state constitution. This is a state law, not a federal law. Now, if the federal government had done this, then the appropriate place to go is the federal courts. If the U.S. Congress had passed this kind of legislation, then the appropriate place to go is the federal courts. It would be completely unconstitutional. But in this case, it's a state law. So go to state court. Take it to state court. Don't go right to the federal courts. I mean, people do this all the time. Well, I got a, I got this uh, you know, ticket for something, or this was done. I'm going to go and, and, and sue in federal court for this. My rights are being violated. As ABC says, this is a Second Amendment issue. It's not. This is an Article I, Section 27 issue of the Oregon State Constitution. During an appeals process, it's likely that the injunction freezing the law would remain in place. Ratio was the judge who initially blocked it from taking effect in December. Well, this is why it's beautiful, because now the state courts have said, we gotta, you, can't, you can't enforce this thing. We're going to have to litigate this thing out, but it certainly violates the Oregon Constitution, so it's unconstitutional. So that's the initial ruling. This is why it's important. That's the ruling people are going to work from, not the other way around. The different lawsuits over the measure have sparked confusion over whether it can be implemented. In a separate federal case over the Oregon measure, a judge in July ruled it was lawful under the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, but see, it that's the secret. This isn't a U.S. Constitution issue. This is a Oregon Constitution issue. That federal judge... <laughs> that federal judge shouldn't even have, shouldn't even have heard the case. They have no jurisdiction. This is an Oregon State issue. The next paragraph tells you all you need to know about this ABC News article. And they're confused about this. They're really upset about this. This is it. But because Ratio found it to be invalid under the Oregon Constitution during the state trial, the law remains on hold. This is because state courts can strike down a state law that violates the state constitution, even if it's permissible under the federal constitution. Beautiful. ABC News has discovered federalism. You can apply this to almost anything. ABC News has figured out that we have a federal government. they figured out we have federalism. You see? It's not a Second Amendment issue. This is an Oregon issue. The U.S. Constitution sets a floor, not a ceiling for rights, so state constitutions can be more rights pr protective than the federal constitution, Williams said. But the U.S. Constitution doesn't set a floor on anything for the states. This is stupid. Uh, Williams doesn't really know what he's talking about here, unless you are a, um, an incorporationist, which, of course, everyone's become. But the U.S. Constitution sets no floor... For the states, the states set the floor, the states set the ceiling when it comes to all of these things. If it's a state law, now if it's a federal law, that's something else entirely, but we're not talking about a federal law here. We're talking about a state law. This is all important. Because of this, Oregon officials would have to win in both state and federal court for the law to take effect, he said. 
Again, the beautiful move was to file cases in state court for violating the state constitution. During the state trial, the plaintiffs and the defense clashed over whether the permit to purchase provision would hamper people from exercising their right to bear arms. They also sparred over whether large capacity magazines are used for self-defense and whether they protected under the Oregon Constitution. The plaintiffs argued that firearms capable of firing multiple rounds were present in Oregon in the 1850s and known to those who ratified the state constitution, which took effect in 1859. The defense, meanwhile, said modern semi-automatic firearms were technologically different from the revolvers and multi-barrel pistols that were available in the 1850s. So it comes down to, well, we don't think that they would have agreed with high-capacity magazines and everything. The Oregon Constitution, let me read it again, it's pretty clear on this. Section 27, the people have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state, but the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil power. So if you're banning people from doing things that can defend themselves, well, you're violating the Oregon State Constitution. But this is an important issue, of course, because states can have a little more leeway here. They have a, I mean, a little, they have a lot more leeway than the U.S. Constitution, than the U.S. Congress. Which the argument was, if it didn't say expressly that you can do it or you can't do it, you can't do it. It's, it's pretty important. In his opinion, Ratio disputed the defense's claim that banning large capacity magazines would help make mass shootings less deadly. He recognized that mass shootings have a significant impact on the psyche of America when they happen. He said they rank very low in frequency. The court finds that 10-round magazine bans are no panacea to prevent a mass shooter, he wrote. People tend to believe that these events are prolific and happening all the time with massive levels of death and injury, he added. The court finds this belief, though sensationalized by the media, is not validated by the evidence. The Oregon measure was passed after a U.S. Supreme Court ruling in June 2022 created new standards for judges weighing gun laws. That decision fueled a national upheaval in the legal landscape for, for U.S. firearm law. So a federal court, but again, this has nothing to do with state courts. Nothing to do with state courts. The, federal, the U.S. The US uh, federal court system wants it to do with state courts. They want to be supreme. They want to be the be-all, end-all. That was the entire dream of the martial court in many ways. And, of course, Joseph's story and on down the line. Hugo Black and all kinds of people. That's why I talk about these dopes and how the Supreme Court screwed up America. But the point is, this is not a federal issue. And that U.S. Supreme Court ruling really has no bearing on what's happening in Oregon. But ABC News wants to turn the focus back on the center because that's where they think they win, you see. The ruling tossed aside a balancing test that judges had long used to decide whether to uphold gun laws. It directed them to only consider whether the law is consistent with the country's historical tradition of firearm regulation rather than to take into account public interests such as promoting public safety. But that's not what you do in a state issue. The federal courts are only dealing with federal law. That's all they should deal with, not state law, unless the state law clearly violates Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. Otherwise, otherwise, it's not under the purview of the general government. And the important thing is, why again would the states have Bill of Rights 
1859, now listen to this, the Bill of Rights was in 1859. Why would Oregon think it needs to have a Bill of Rights if they believe the Bill of Rights applied to the states? Why would states do this? And we had states enter the Union after 1868. Why would those states have a state Bill of Rights if they believed that the 14th Amendment applied the Bill of Rights to the states? That you just say, well, we have a U.S. Constitution with a Bill of Rights. That's all they had to do. That's not what they did. They passed their own Bill of Rights because the states had powers or have powers that are separate from the U.S. general government. They have control over just about everything over the general population in their borders. This is real federalism. Since then, there has been confusion about which laws can survive. Why? Shouldn't be. State laws, state issues. Courts have overturned laws designed to keep weapons away from domestic abusers and felony defendants. The Supreme Court heard a case on one such law this month and is expected to issue a ruling by early summer. Again, stupid. Why are they appealing this to the U.S. Supreme Court? Why is the Supreme Court even taking up a case that it's not in their jurisdiction? Why? Because of incorporation, because of Hugo Black, because of all the stupidity that we've had over all these years with incorporation. In her separate ruling, federal ruling over the Oregon law, U.S. District Judge Karen J. Immergut appeared to take into account the Supreme Court's new directive to consider the history of gun regulations. The response to this should be, pound sand. Who cares? This is a state law and a state constitution issue, not a federal constitution issue. She found large capacity magazines are not commonly used for self-defense and are therefore not protected by the Second Amendment. Even if they were protected, she wrote, the law's restrictions are consistent with the country's history and tradition of regulating Uniquely dangerous features of weapons and firearms to protect public safety. Well, I mean, look, in 1859, you could buy a cannon. You could, you could actually not just buy a cannon. You could make a cannon and have it for yourself. <laughs> it's a pretty dangerous weapon. I mean, your neighbor is doing something you don't like, just boom, fire your cannon into their house. I mean, you could, that's very dangerous. Having a cannon, really dangerous. You know, private citizens... There were private militia companies in 1860 and 61, 61 in particular, when Lincoln calls for 75,000 troops and the South is starting to put together its own army. There were private militia companies with firearms. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. And they had all kinds of big firearms. She also found the permit to purchase provision to be constitutional, noting the Second Amendment allows governments to ensure that only law-abiding, responsible citizens keep and bear arms. Huh. Again, this is not a federal issue. That is the dirty little secret. The plaintiffs in the federal case, which include the Oregon Firearms Federation, have appealed the ruling to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which of course is going to side with the other federal judge. This case could potentially go all the way to the Supreme Court. It will because the Ninth Circuit is going to side with this dopey federal judge. And so it will go there. But the whole point is, the whole point, the state courts have now gotten involved. And they're saying, this doesn't violate the state constitution. This is, this is, this is perfectly, uh, I'm sorry, it violates the state constitution. This bill does violate the state constitution. Excuse me. This is, a, this is an issue that is unconstitutional based on Section 1 
Article 1, Section 27 of the Oregon Constitution. That's what this is. This is not a U.S. Constitution issue. So, again, federal courts pound sand. It doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what we think in the state. This is beautiful. Nine other states have permit to purchase laws similar to the Oregon measure, including New York, Hawaii, Maryland, and Massachusetts, according to data compiled by the Giffords Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence. Okay, great. Those states, look at what they are. New York, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts. All pretty leftist states. So, but, and, and again, the state, maybe, maybe the state judges there said that these things don't violate the state, violate the state constitutions. I don't I have to go back and look at those. I think they probably do, but you've got a bunch of political operatives on the bench there. So, I mean, this does create issues. It's not a federal law. That's not a federal issue, though. It's not a federal law in question. It's a state law. Apart from Oregon, 11 states, including California, along with Washington, D.C., limit large-capacity magazines holding more than 10 rounds, according to the Gifford Center. California, California's ban on higher-capacity magazines remains in effect, while the state fights a lower court's ruling from September that the law is unconstitutional. Well, if it if it uh, doesn't violate the California state constitution, then it's not unconstitutional. This is the issue. You see, what we have to understand is that you're going to have to live with things you don't like in other states. And if you don't live there, so what? You're going to have to live in federalism with things that go on in other states that you don't like. That's the important thing you have to get over in your life when you start believing in federalism. Things are going to go on in other states that you don't like. Your state can be your state. And you need to make sure that your state is rock solid on these issues. That's how you protect your rights. This is not a Second Amendment issue, as the piece says, at all. This is a state constitution issue. And the state judges who are getting involved are doing the right thing, that not going to federal court is the right move. More, We need more and more judges. We need more and more attorneys who are really interested in real federalism to do these kind of things. If you could get some of these people on a federal bench and just say federal courts have no jurisdiction, case closed, that would just kill it all. At that point, it would destroy the entire incorporation narrative. But you'd have to have federal judges willing to do that. You'd have to have federal judges who understand originalism, who understand the original Constitution, that the 14th Amendment is not the Constitution, that incorporation was a faulty legal doctrine from the beginning when it was advocated in the federal courts, never should have gone anywhere. But you're going to need some federal judges to do that. You're going to need state judges to do it. You're going to need people to stand up and say, this is not the original intent. And if that happens, a lot of things can turn around. See you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.